4: final hour final hour of the jason smith show with mike Harmon. 86 jason smith well i just is that like an old school reference to i mean i i guess many people yes. don't say it okay it, it's like an old restaurant thing 86 you want it without uh, well that's Jason's why out- on
5: get smart max smart yeah. was agent 86
4: that's right get him out uh, so, Steve DeSager and I get a chance to hang out for the next 59 minutes with you. Uh, this segment, we're going to dive into the biggest stories from yesterday. Todd Furman's coming up uh, in our next segment. DeSager's got a big update at the bottom of the hour. And then I, I'm sorry, I was reading up on this story out of USC that Scott Wolf has that continues to blow my mind that somehow they had a football imposter, a homeless man who had actually not only lived inside the football facility, but had actually shared a jacuzzi at the McKay Center with other football players ate with the team at a dining facility without issue also had slept for some time in a suite in the coliseum he was known to usc security because he was caught at the soccer field on 30th street and hoover and apparently only got busted whenever he tried to field punts
5: and by the way the coliseum is essentially across the street from the usc campus in case you were wondering
4: you know what there was a part of me that was trying to figure out the Kind of geography of that so thank you steve i was like wait isn't that
5: it is walkable. much closer i have walkable. often parked at usc and then walked to the coliseum for a game
4: so tonight we had a no hitter and we get to joe musgrove coming up in just a bit because it's it's probably more significant than most because it was the first ever no hitter in padres history so now all 30 major league baseball teams have a, a no hitter in their history and in some even way, some
5: teams form. chris that don't exist anymore i'm sure
4: This is true. This is true.
5: And leagues uh, that don't exist anymore, but the Padres still hadn't in their first 50 years.
4: Finally, they get it uh, earlier tonight. So we'll get to Joe Musgrove coming up here in just a bit. But I feel like during the previous three hours of the show, we came out hot with a lot of NFL talk and a lot on Deshaun Watson. And Daniel Lust joined, uh, joined us. And if you missed it, it's available on the podcast page. It's well worth your time. It's a phenomenal conversation with an incredibly intelligent, bright, legal mind who can help us understand some of the legal ease that took place earlier today when – Deshaun Watson's attorney, Rusty Harden, met with the media for the first time. He was, I don't really know if he was, yeah, he was asked. He was asked. He did some uh, Q&A with the the media that was assembled there. How do they respond to some of the claims that have been made? Here's what Watson's attorney said. Which, by the way, I did want to add to this before we actually play it. I want you guys to try to figure out who Rusty Harden sounds like. Okay. That's my challenge to you. Here we go.
6: We don't know what happened for sure. How in the world are we supposed to respond when we don't know the names of the people? And I've seen some talking heads uh, that say, well, I can find out who did it, right? I mean, they just go look and they match up dates and try to figure out. That's not what it's supposed to be about. We're not supposed to have to guess who is accusing us of doing something wrong.
5: Okay, the high voice part sounded like Curly from the Three Stooges.
4: Yeah, I'll, I'll buy that little Curly <laughs> Horowitz to it. Uh, what was what do we have? Sam, little Ronald Reagan yeah. to that. I thought whatever? there was a, yeah. little,
3: a, little, a little little dash Reagan. of Reagan in there. Yeah, maybe yeah, some,
4: some actor too from. I know Ronald Reagan was an actor, but some actor from like the '60s, '70s, or '80s. I just huh, some, well, you know, I've got two more yeah, cuts, yeah. Okay, so bye. you can continue to kind of think about it here because I'm still trying to process it as well. Uh, Asked to say, okay, what's down the road? Um, what's, what's kind of, what's kind of next for Deshaun Watson and, 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 and what was wrong with the way that he conducted his business?
6: Millennials live on Instagram. Those of you who are millennials know that those of you who are not, have probably discovered it long before I, they do business on it. Deshaun lives on Instagram. He does business transactions on Instagram. Other people do. I'm discovering a much more prevalent use of it than I had any idea.
4: So, um, yeah, I I guess Rusty Harden is among that group that is kind of surprised by social media. <laughs> oh, they do so much on there. But he did hit on this, which I think <laughs> is going to be kind of key uh, in in this whole process. And I think what they're trying to do from the the perspective of defending Deshaun Watson this process,
6: Deshaun is not for one moment arguing about what this has cost him money-wise. And y'all have talked about some of the endorsements being withdrawn or suspended because companies understandably don't know whether they wanna be associated with him. We're not even addressing that. People can make money back up if they lose money. What they can't get back is their reputation.
4: All right, so here we go. I mean, Steve, I, like, like we've said a, mo- a lot of times tonight, We had an attorney on to help us better understand it, and I'm still confused about what might be next outside of uh, understanding who these victims are and what's the NFL's next move. Sponsors have left. Criminal charges are at least being thought about if they're brought, and if they are brought, that means the DA is very confident that they can win. I mean, the NFL has to act, right?
5: Well, and the NFL at least had that statement where they said the allegations are deeply disturbing. We take the issues very seriously. If you're the league, don't you wait to this to play out. I know we've seen in the past. The NFL doesn't necessarily have to wait for everything to play out. But there's a lot to play out and many moving parts with this. So as people have mentioned, maybe the suspension is the easiest first. And as far as long-term future, we won't find that out for a long while.
4: No, you're right. We got we got a ways to go uh, before we figure out whether or not we're going to have a situation that Deshaun ends up on the commissioner's exempt list or not. I'll save you. Uh, Any talk about Juju Smith, Schuster, and the Chiefs until later. I'll save you some draft talk until later. Let's get to the history of tonight and that magical moment courtesy of the San Diego Padres Radio Network.
1: No balls in one stride. The big right hander ready and delivers. Swing and a ground ball to shortstop. Kim has it. Friendly hop. Throw to first. That is a no-hitter, and that is history. Joe with the first no-hitter in Padre history. April 9th, 2021, at Globe Life
4: Field in Arlington, Texas. The kid comes home, and he gets it done. Now, to be clear, when he says the kid comes home, Steve, it's not as if he's from Texas. So whenever they did it in (laughs) Texas, that's not what he's talking about. This is a San Diego guy, and you're familiar with his alma mater, right? That
5: is correct. Grossmont High School, which is completely drivable, 10 minutes maybe from the Padres' old stadium in Mission Valley, you know, where the Chargers used to play, the place that they are, in the last few months, literally tearing apart instead of imploding, but uh, that Qualcomm Stadium doesn't exist anymore, but he would have lived very near that, I say within 10 minutes' drive of that, going to Grossmont High School. As far as famous people from Grossmont High School in history, I I have narrowed it down to three. Frank Zappa in music, (laughs) There's also Brian Sipe who you should remember. Oh, yeah, for because he not only, yeah, he went to uh, Grossmont High and then San Diego State and then drafted in the NFL. And remember he was a Browns playoff quarterback when the Raiders in their Super Bowl year with Jim Plunkett beat the Raiders, I uh, beat the uh, Browns in Cleveland with a late interception, a really cold game and Sipe had an awful game in the cold. Brian Sipe had a long NFL career. He went to the same high school and also the only Rose Bowl MVP ever from Arizona State, Jeff Van Raphorse went to Grossmont High School. And now you can add to the list the guy who pitched the first no-hitter in Padres what history, that? Joe Musgrove, who had been with Pittsburgh, acquired from the Pirates in the offseason, and in a franchise who had no no-hitters in their first 50 years. The only major league team still to have a goose egg in that department. They got Musgrove's 3 nothing win at Texas tonight.
4: Brian Sype. Red Ride 88. It was like negative six that day in Cleveland whenever mm-hmm. the Raiders won that game. Thank you, Brian Mike Davis Seid. with the pick? Uh, let's see. Here's the best story about Joe Musgrove from tonight. And, in fact, I'll give Justin credit. He had sent this to me earlier, and we were waiting for the right time to bring it to you. And as if I listen to the promos here on Fox Sports Radio, the nighttime is the right time, right? So uh, here's Joe Musgrove on – What was the – I guess you could say one thing he did – from a superstitious perspective that ended up affecting him tonight.
7: I kept it as normal as I could throughout the game. You know, I'm not very superstitious. I have routines for sure, but you know, I, I always have one of my little superstitions, I guess, or part of my routine is, um, well, I do drink, I drink a lot of water one. Um, I think I went through 11 or 12 water bottles tonight and I always keep them, empty ones next to me so I can kind of keep track of how many I'm drinking throughout the game and I had to piss so bad in like the fourth or fifth inning, but I couldn't. That was the one thing I didn't want to break, like the superstition of it, Didn't me to have to go you know use a bathroom in the middle of the start
5: if it wasn't a zoom press conference you would have heard a lot of media chuckles in the background after a certain sentence there tmi I mean, buddy
4: yeah I, I gotta be honest with you. i'm a big water drinker i really am and and i think we should all be health, more
5: water drinkers honestly. health tip
4: yes drink more water my problem is as as i get older <laughs> More water means more bathroom breaks and and, and more than probably normal. Yeah, so, and when
5: you're throwing 112 pitches, sure.
4: Right. <laughs> uh, so kudos to Joe for being able to hold that in because if I'd had like 13, 14 bottles of water for nine innings, I would have been the first thing. After I threw the no-no and got a hug, I'm racing to the bathroom. He didn't. He did all the interviews necessary. Oh. Oh, gosh, it would have been a race. Uh, here's what he said about San Diego. The city
7: of San Diego has shown me so much love, even before I came to the Padres. He's just, you know, a San Diego kid that made it to the big leagues. You know, so it feels even better to be able to do it in a Padres uniform and uh, selfishly be able to do it for my city and have everyone know that the kid from Grossman High threw the first no-hitter. That's
4: pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And then uh, one more uh, about just it being a, a special win for not just his family, not just for, uh, not just for his, I guess, circle but also the Padres too.
7: Yeah I mean this is a special win for us it's really special for me Um, I've gotten an insane amount of support since I came over to San Diego I mean even before I came here I had a a ton of support Um, but ever since I came to the hometown team you know it feels special because now they can actually root for a guy they like and a team they like so um, I want to thank everyone for the support it's been nothing but positive and, and my family you know they've made it a real easy transition for me and taken a lot of pressure off me so I know they're watching I love you guys.
4: History, man.
7: History.
5: don't underestimate what this means to the San Diego market. For starters, they don't have NFL there anymore, and they haven't had NBA in 50 years, and, of course, no NHL there ever. So they have the Padres and Mountain West Athletics in college. That's San Diego. And some minor league teams that come and go, They've had the Padres for just over 50 years now, and it took the Padres 10 to 15 years to... I think it was 10 full years to even get their first winning record and then 15 years to even make the postseason. And until last year, they had gone about 15 years without making the postseason. Now they have not just a real team, and quite frankly, two, three years ago, it was a lot of AAA players on the Padre roster. They have... They had the number two team to the Dodgers last year. Let's be honest. Look yeah. at the records. And they happened to, because they were a wild card team, they happened to have to face the Dodgers before the National League Championship Series. And it would have been a longer than three-game series if Cody Bellinger hadn't reached over the center field wall to rob Tatis of a homer. But they have signed long-term contracts to these guys. They've attracted free agents. they would added to the pitching, Musgrove included. There is so much promise with this team and so many hopes Uh, from people in San Diego that are properly pinned on this team. As far as San Diego sports history, keep in mind the context. I remember when I went with a guy to see San Diego State in the Sweet 16 one year, I said, if the Aztecs win this game, it will be one of the top 10 sports nights in the history of San Diego, California. And he kind of looked at me askew and, and I said, what I'm saying to you, think about it. They don't have the other sports, And as far as baseball, there have been precious few superb Padre moments. I mean, Steve Garvey in the playoffs comes to mind, and they did make a World Series before getting swept by the Yankees about 20 years ago. But they haven't had a lot to fill up a top 10. You know, forget the whole Mount Rushmore on this list. It's very few great moments of greatness and for the last team in the majors to finally throw a no-hitter and it comes from a San Diego guy on a team that they think is going places this is great
4: Pretty incredible stuff. And uh, you mentioned it. Joe Musgrove comes in. You would think it would be Blake Snell, right? You would think it would be you, Darvish, that we talk about uh, breaking that streak. But uh, pretty cool to see it's the San Diego They think this can
5: be a title team. I mean, you you talk about Cleveland going a long way before LeBron got Cleveland a title. When's the last time San Diego, California, had a champion? The answer is the AFL 1963 Chargers. 63... Chargers said San Diego had a title. I don't mean winning the National League. I mean, world champs. It's been a long time.
4: Congratulations. Big night. Very cool moment. Fun to be on the air for it. First ever no-hitter in Padres. Apparently sister. we have right.
5: limited capacity with our studio
4: audience. That's right. That's right. They're not They're not at <laughs> peak form this it's evening, but at least the they're sound, celebrating.
5: That was almost the sound of one hand clapping.
4: <laughs> hey, Todd Furman is <laughs> coming up next. I'll give you some highlights from Dodger Stadium and some NBA games coming up. We'll do that. But first, I want to remind you, when a train hits a vehicle at a railway uh, railway crossing, the results are often deadly. Be cautious at crossings, and if the signals are going Don't be tempted to try and sneak around the tracks. Even if you don't see a train, stop. Trains can't. Brought to you by NHTSA. Todd Furman is next with Steve DeSager. I'm Chris Plank on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to
3: catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
2: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for...
4: Oh, let's go to Vegas. Let's go to Vegas with Steve Desager Whoa. tonight. I'm Chris Plank sitting in for Jason Smith and Mike Harmon. And we're blessed to be joined by a Friday regular. Also get a chance to talk to him Sunday nights here on Fox Sports Radio with Arnie Spanier. Our buddy Todd Furman is in the house. What's going on on this Friday in Vegas, Todd? How's life?
8: Uh, life is good, but I'd be doing a little better, Plank, if uh, somehow I had a matchup bet. Betting against Dustin Johnson just happened to be backing Rory McIlroy. had no idea in my wildest dreams that DJ would miss the cut, and I would still <laughs> find either. a way to lose my wager.
4: Uh, me neither. Now, listen, that's my. I'm glad you led with that because that's my first question. What has been, the? Uh, and I don't, you know, specifics, but what's the handle been like? Have you seen a lot of action on, on the Masters? Are you hearing a lot of buzz about people wanting to wager on it here in 2021?
8: You know, the Masters is always going to be a popular event, and part of the reason is because it's up on the betting board so much longer than the other golf majors. It's a much more uh, easier-to-assess field, I guess, for a lack of a better term, when you talk about you know, 85 of the top golfers in the world. You know roughly 50 of them actually have a chance, compared to the U.S. Open or the Open Championship, where you do get some of those storylines and players that you haven't heard of that are very much in contention as you go into the final 18 holes. Tomorrow and Sunday are going to be tremendous to watch though because when you talk about big names they're all right there and I think when you have the likes of Justin Thomas you have Jordan Spieth very much in the mix and you have a guy who's bursting onto the scene that the household casual fan doesn't know about and Will Zalatoris. it's going to make for some fun golf we'll see if Justin Rose can finally close the deal something he hasn't been able to do in previous Masters installments
5: Todd, this is Steve. A question about the NBA because this year we have full-on those play-in games, a different format. We'll have first before the bulk of the conference gets playing in the postseason in May. We'll have ninth place against tenth place and seventh place against eighth in the standings. How does that affect odds of who's going to make the playoffs? How is that taken into consideration? Does a team that finishes tenth and get into a play-in game, are they considered to have made the playoffs?
8: It does change a little bit of the dynamic. And to be honest, Steve, books have struggled with that. As far as the yes-no's to make the postseason, they don't see those play-in games as it stands right now as being one of the eight teams to truly be in the postseason. So I think we're going to have to see those games play out. And ultimately, when we know who the Utah Jazz will match up with in the 1-8 game, should that be the series that we see? And, of course, in the Eastern Conference, uh, who would complain if we got to see the Celtics and the Knicks battle for the bottom of the playoff picture there and you had teams like the Pacers and Bulls I give the NBA credit because it gets more teams involved. It opens up the opportunity and that window for some teams to be in the mix. But at the same time, uh, let's not kid ourselves. This isn't going to be a play-in game NCAA tournament style where the UCLA Bruins and NBA equivalent are suddenly fighting in the Eastern or Western Conference Finals.
4: Yeah, and how hard is that to truly handicap, Todd, because of the injury situation and not knowing exactly when guys are going to come back? And I think we're specifically talking here about Anthony Davis and LeBron James, but has this made it any more challenging to handicap the rest of the NBA season?
8: books haven't blinked and that's the honest reality. They haven't moved the Lakers odds whatsoever. We've seen them drift out a touch from right around 3-1 to one at FanDuel into that 3.5 range but they're not going to move much more because I think when you look at the standings, no one sees this Lakers team and it's full construct when everybody is healthy as the fifth best team in the Western Conference and when you look at their upcoming schedule I think it's going to be fascinating to figure out where the Lakers ultimately fall because if you're the Denver Nuggets sitting four the Clippers three or the Suns two or the Jazz one is it really a reward for a good regular season if you happen to get a Lakers team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis in the first round so we may have a lot more intrigue early on in the postseason than we normally do where it just feels like a formality that every series is decided in four or five games you get the occasion one that goes the distance in seven but typically why the NHL early rounds are a lot more fascinating than what we get in the association. Todd, while
5: we have the different format this year for the NBA playoffs well a continuation of last year really we have a continuation of the baseball rule in the extra inning of starting a man at second base. I'm watching it as we speak tonight. The Reds went to the 10th inning. They started a guy on second base. He scored. The opponent Arizona at the bottom of the 10th got to start with a guy at second base. They have bases loaded two outs in the 10th. It's making for higher scoring extra innings so how does vegas adjust to this granted we got to look at it last year but i know soccer bets for example they don't take shootouts overtime a lot of times into play how does it work with baseball because you're getting more runs in your total by the end
8: uh, unfortunately, in baseball, it does play a role in the total. And for every underbetter out there, when the game goes to extra innings, that's when you decide to turn off the TV, you go watch <laughs> Netflix, and you pray to the gambling gods that you're only going to see one to two run max come across a uh, home plate. But in reality, any, if the game goes to extra innings under the current rules, it's not a good situation for any underbetter. And, and that's the thing, that you can't really change your handicap. You just have to hope that the game will be over after you see 27 outs on both sides in this kind of situation between the reds and diamondbacks thankfully that outcome was long since decided so you didn't have to sweat that nearly as much it does make for a little bit more intrigue when you get to extra innings uh but ultimately i'm going to be thrilled when major league baseball comes to its senses and we go back to the old-fashioned traditional variety where you have to actually earn every run you're going to score despite going past nine innings
5: and chris they did just leave bases loaded so the diamondbacks lost (laughs) six five and ten to the reds and Todd's right. They're going to have to negotiate a lot of things, including the D.H. rule in the new labor contract after this year.
4: Oh, now that's something I'm intrigued with. Now, I, I know that this is a sharp right turn, but I'm going to jump to the NFL. Uh, Todd, are we starting to see those draft props heat up much or still a couple of days away from that?
8: No, nope, the draft market is starting to take shape a little bit. If you want to bet Trevor Lawrence to be the number one overall pick in the draft, you have to put up a substantial amount of money to make a little. And a similar situation unfolding with the New York Jets, who appear to be a formality to be a landing spot for BYU Zach Wilson. Now, where we start to see a little bit of intrigue is with the third overall pick, where at this time last week, Mac Jones was actually an underdog to end up as a member of the San Francisco 49ers. Now that narrative has changed. You have to put up more than $2 to make a dollar coming back, which kind of kicks the can on down the road and starts the questions, who will be the fourth pick in the draft? If you believe the Falcons are going to hang on to their spot, I think logic would tell you that it's going to be Kyle Pitts. But at the same time, if you're Atlanta, why not try and at least negotiate and see if you can trade down for someone that may be enamored with the likes of Justin Fields or Trey Lance. Could definitely be a very interesting scenario to play out if we have quarterbacks go one, two, three, and maybe fourth overall, as we know the premium placed on that position.
5: Are there strange things with odds for the NFL draft outside of round one? You know, like Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick, or, you know, total picks from a conference in all seven rounds or strange things outside of the first round?
8: First you down. do get to see some of those props that will pop up. Uh, my favorite is will the last pick in the draft be an offensive or defensive player? And Steve, if you have wow. an inside track to handicap that, please let me know because that's one that really feels <laughs> much akin to flipping the coin for heads or tails on the Super Bowl. But you will see uh, more specific stuff, especially in regards to various conferences and where some of the marquee names will go. That may not be first-round picks, but those names that we've grown accustomed to making an impact on the college football field. One player that will not be available will be the homeless man at USC that somehow <laughs> found a way to crash spring practice. I don't think he's going to be draft eligible, but there is always a chance that Arnie Spanier's Dolphins may want to select him in the first round. That bet on Good
5: offensive or defensive player for the last pick reminds me of the Jonas NASCAR bets, or odd or even number of the car. That's pretty much flipping the coin. <laughs> well, you know
8: what the funny part about it is The odd or even number you can actually handicap a little bit when you go through based on the track and figure out that some of the better drivers in the sport are all in even car numbers. I remember that prop three or four years ago Mm -hmm. before bookmakers paid attention, that you could give yourself a little bit of an edge. Now it's a lot different, uh, and it is unique when you watch a NASCAR race and you realize, wait a second, I have to put up $2.10 to bet the even car driver to win the race, and you're going to give me plus 170 on the odd car driver? It just goes to show that as soon as you find an opportunity in the betting market to exploit, someone's out there to try and take away the parade.
4: Todd, final thought Let you go. Uh, how much are you paying attention? Well, everyone's paying attention to the Deshaun Watson saga. I don't know how much you were thinking about looking at the Texans' future, but uh, from that perspective, what is it doing to like a win total in 2020, is 2021? Uh, is it changing much? Is it kind of off the board right now? How are we handling that?
8: You're going to see odds makers wait quite a bit before they do anything with the Houston Texans. And, and a lot of spots, FanDuel included, you can't even bet Who do you think will win the AFC South because of the Watson factor? Clearly, if he's not available and Tyrod Taylor becomes their starting quarterback, you're talking about a team that had an uphill battle to begin with get even more daunting. So any team that the Texans will play, it'll impact their win total as well. And while we've seen some shops, it's very low limits out there. Professional bettors aren't going to tip their hand in terms of who they think is going to exceed oddsmakers' expectations and who they think will underwhelm in the 2021 season.
4: Good stuff as always, Todd. I hope we get to talk on Sunday night. Have a great weekend, buddy. We appreciate you.
8: Always a pleasure, gents.
4: You do the same. Great stuff as always. Todd Furman, FS1's Fox Bet Live. He is the star of that show. I wanted to wrap up uh, a little baseball talk tonight with the two moments from that game today at Dodger Stadium that really kind of caught... Caught in my heart, tugged on the heartstrings a little bit, like Laura Lasorda talking about her father. Of course, we lost Tommy during the offseason, the Dodger legend, the great uh, former Dodger. I mean, listen, we don't have to tell you about the greatness of the managerial uh, plight of Tommy Lasorda, but his daughter was there giving the championship ring to Dave Roberts. Opening day
9: at Dodger Stadium was my father's favorite day. He looked forward to it each and every year. Rest assured, he's smiling today, and his spirit is with each and every one of us.
4: And then, of course, the Dodgers went out, had a, I guess you could say, a pseudo-pitcher's duel. And as oh, Steve yeah. mentioned, it was Justin Turner.
0: The one-zero. Turner with a fly ball to left center field. Heading back as Robles to the wall, and it is gone! A home run! Um...
4: Do you think there's something more to Kenley Jansen not closing? Here's what Dave Roberts said.
0: With Kenley, uh, today would have been three or four, so we talked about it before the game, wanted to stay away from him. And uh, he's in the same bucket with all of our other pitchers, you know, and players just managing workload and un- understanding, appreciating. we got a long season ahead of us.
5: He can get away with that because all of those things are true. It is odd that you don't use your closer in a one-nothing game at your home opener when there was an off day yesterday, but yes. Can he get away with that? Yes. Keep in mind that he didn't close out the NLCS and he didn't close out the uh, World Series. Julio Urias, who's now in the starting rotation, closed out each of those games. Kenley Jansen, by the way, last season in September had an ERA of six and a half.
4: Wow. Um, And just blew a save in their loss to the A's the other night. Meanwhile, Uh, I I don't really know how to smoothly right turn to the Masters here, but if you look at the leaderboard, it's still uh, one Justin Rose atop the leaderboard. Uh, Here was Rose after his round earlier today.
8: I still couldn't wait for the gun to go off on Thursday, if that makes any sense, you know? um, So I... I've been hyping myself up for this, though, for two weeks. You know, I could have played the match player. I could have played Valspar, but I chose not to because I wanted to be ready for this golf tournament. So, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't ready to play from a golf sharpness point of view, but I've been putting all of my energy into getting ready to play.
4: And the one more quick point on the Masters, Steve. It's almost become – not and no offense to Justin Rose – I'm sure he. Who's had it. injury, He's as I recall. This. Right. He's been battling a finger injury. But th- this is more about who's not around during the weekend. Like, say, D- D- Dustin Johnson. Obviously, it's, you know, a lot less stressful walks, but still, obviously, you know, I wanted to be around for the weekend. I like this golf course. I feel like I, I play it very well. Just... You know this way. I just didn't put very good. That was it was pretty simple. Yeah, there when, you go. Sergio well, <laughs> Garcia, Mike Weir, among others.
5: When Phil Mickelson made the cut and you didn't, that's really, really a bad sign for the weekend. Yeah. Nothing against Phil Mickelson, but he should be on the seniors tour on most weekends. Right. And yet here he is, right at the cut line, three over. He'll still be golfing this weekend.
4: I I don't know, and maybe maybe this is just a, a, a me thing. I don't know if there is people in the golf world that look at it and say oh hey we've got um we have got the names like Rory McIlroy who aren't there and we've got names like Dustin Johnson who are out or if they just look at it Brooks and say it oh is a- Brooks Kepka is out or do they just look at it and say oh it's the Masters so people are going to watch regardless that's kind of the thing for me Steve that I, I just don't know I, I don't know oh my gosh we got a wrap we got one more segment left I assume, when they'll we watch, come back, yeah. I assume they'll watch too diehard golf fans will I don't know if it will bring in any uh, everyone so when we come back we'll put a wrap on this Friday edition get you ready for Jonas who's back this weekend right here on Fox Sports Radio
3: be sure to catch live editions of The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon, weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Hey, I'm John Middlecoff, and I host the Three and Out podcast. Do you like football? Do you like the NFL? Do you like the NFL draft? Quarterbacks, coaches? Well, I talk about it all on the show. I used to work for Andy Reid as a scout. Now I give you my unfiltered and raw opinions on everything that goes on in the NFL. And you know we're talking college football because of how important the draft is year-round. Listen to the 3 and Out podcast with
2: me, John Middlecoff, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables.
4: Final segment for us before Jonas is back in tonight here on Fox Sports Radio. A reminder to be safe around train tracks. When a train hits a vehicle at a a railway crossing, the results are often deadly. Be cautious at crossings, and if the signals are going, don't be tempted to try and sneak across the tracks, even if you don't see a train. Stop. Trains can't. Brought to you by Nista. Uh, You know what? I got to tell you something. Uh, Steve DeSager, This has been fun tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I, first of all, I jumped right. Did I say Nitsa? Excuse me. It's been a long night. Uh, I did get to hang out with you, <laughs> first and foremost. People probably don't realize this, but there was a time back in the day where you and I were just getting ready to go on the air That's together, right. and we had the overnight show. Now, you know, we uh, we get to go to bed a little bit earlier, but we're available any shift. It would be so to literally, be able
5: out- right now, 11 p.m. Pacific time on a Friday.
4: Yeah, every, every, and we do one to five yeah. uh, every Friday night into Central. Saturday and yeah. Saturday night into Sunday. So it's been kind of cool. It's been like a flashback night, but it's been so unique because here we have the Masters going on, and we've barely even talked about it because we had a no-hitter for, uh, thrown by the Padres for the first time in their history. Then we got the Deshaun Watson saga that dives into it. And, and it's funny because I um, – I don't think I'm into the Masters, Steve. I just really I'm trying to. I love watching. I love Augusta. I love watching uh, players tackle the course. They have
5: names near the top. It's not a bunch of unknowns.
4: Yeah, maybe I'm all in on Dustin Johnson. Maybe it's because I'm still kind of in that Tiger mindset, where if it's not Tiger Woods, I can't enjoy it. That's
5: why your question before ending the last segment is legitimate. I wonder what the ratings will be for the final Masters round on Sunday, just because it's a non-Tiger event. But generally speaking. The Masters itself is the event, so it rates right. well year to year. Now, keep in mind the context, sports TV ratings have been down, in many cases way down the past year. Now, Nielsen, as far as TV ratings in general, did acknowledge it hasn't been able to measure viewing quite as closely as it might under non-COVID circumstances, but that doesn't explain most of sports being down so here's what golf had. When Jordan Spieth Ooh. finally won a tournament again last weekend, the final round was 3.6 million viewers. The Masters last year got 5.6 million, and that was low because it was in November, remember. They didn't have a spring Masters for the first time right. ever. To my knowledge, the Masters final round has literally always had at least 10 million viewers on the final Sunday of play. Putting that in context, almost nothing that's not football has received 10 million viewers for a sporting event in the past 12 months. The last two Dodger world series games on Fox each got over 10 million and you can get a couple of college bowl games aside from the national championship. You know, a Rose bowl will certainly get more than 10 million, but aside from NFL, almost nothing gets 10 million viewers in sports these days. So legitimate question will yet again, the master's final round get 10
4: million viewers this Sunday. What's your gut telling you? Yes, I don't think it's the you think it will. Yeah, I think I think you might be right on Especially that. Especially if
5: it's Jordan Spieth in the hunt, or you know some
4: story. Do you, do you know that's 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 interesting because I had not thought about that. And again, of the the storylines that m- maybe we haven't dove into as much as we should tonight that's one heck of a of a I don't want to say Cinderella story but bounce back story right mm-hmm. here's here's Jordan Spieth, whom we had all kind of envisioned as this next big deal because he golf
5: won world. so young understandably
4: I mean he and he was uh he's he was still a in Texas his 20s guy. now I mean, yeah, if, if if I were to tell you that Justin, uh, that Jordan Spieth is 27 years old, you'd probably tell me, no way, he's like 35, 40. Hasn't he kind of been out of it for a little bit? It's just, it's golf, man, and you it's know, In it's his
5: weird. first three years as a pro golfer, he was Rookie of the Year, he was Player of the Year, he won the Masters, he won the U.S. Open, he won the PGA in his first three years on the tour. And the last three years have been largely silent until he finally won last weekend. He had gone 82 starts on the tour without a win until last weekend.
4: Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, last year at the Masters, uh, he finished in a tie for 21st. He was five under par, uh, which was his worst finish at Augusta. So he's played well there. But it's just he hasn't been able to put it all together after so early in his career being able to put it all together. He so, missed
5: the cut and, at the U.S. Open last
4: year. It's just wild. So I can't help but wonder if, you know, with with my disdain and, and me not building it up like I want to and I'm going to blame Tiger, I'm going to blame Brooks Koepka, I'm going to maybe Jordan Speed being in the mix might be the spark that golf needs. DeSager, this has been fun, man. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll do this again on Sunday night with uh, Arnie in here yelling at us, yeah. trying to fire
5: us. Producer Lee, I assume, will be here on Sunday night as well.
4: That's right. For Lee lap, for Iowa Sam, for Steve DeSager, for Justin, uh, I'm Chris Plank. Stick around. The legend, the man, the myth, the prince of darkness, Jonas Knox, is next. Have a great weekend, everyone. This is Fox Sports Radio.
9: Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last. Make every tap music to your ears.